Coming to you from the heart of the heartland, you're listening to Life Chat, a podcast designed to help independent agents make life easy. It's important to note the views and opinions expressed in this podcast are those of the hosts and guests and do not necessarily reflect the official policy or position of EMC National Life. Now it's time to get things started. Let's join our life insurance team. Welcome to Life Chat, everyone. I am Chad Waller, and today I have my co-host, Rob Oxenford. Hello, everybody. Hey, Rob. Um, <laughs> yes, COVID-19 is still here. It is still around. We are still working from home, but uh, we're getting a little bit better at this uh, technology. Although mm-hmm. recently, we did have an opportunity to um, conference call or meet with chat. our senior... How about we had an <laughs> opportunity to chat with? <laughs> <laughs> it was a life chat. Oh, <laughs> There you go. Uh, with our senior vice president of underwriting and claims, Mark Unkrich. So what I'd like to do now is play the conversation that Rob and I had with Mark. Um, I think he has some very good information, and we'd like to share that with you. Well, today we have uh, Mark Unkrich, senior vice president of underwriting and claims, joining us. First, I guess I would just like to start off to say, Mark, I, I really appreciate you taking time out of your morning to uh, meet with us. Um, obviously, we have a lot of agents out there who have a, a lot of questions, um, especially from an underwriting perspective on kind of how business is being handled. Given your position, kind of what is your greatest underwriting concern in this current environment? Well, first of all, thanks for allowing me to join in on your podcast. It's, it's I've been looking forward to this. It's a pleasure to uh, be able to to speak to everybody here today. And the COVID nineteen virus obviously is a great concern, not only to underwriting but to our agents and everyone else. But the biggest concern uh, with underwriting is uh, to step back a little bit. You know, we, along with our reinsurers, are really monitoring the progression of the and impact closely of this virus. And if you look at the case fatality rate of the uh, virus, it really it greatly impacts those that are elderly and also those who have comorbidities. And what I mean by that are conditions like, uh, well, like heart disease, lung disease, and uh, those with diabetes and hypertension are just a few of those that have been impacted. Mm -hmm. But currently in the United States, the case fatality ratio is right at about 5.4%. Now that's a little bit lower than what was seen in Italy and, and, and China. Uh, so that's good, but in that case, fatality rates really has been held down due to social distancing and that you, you, I'm sure you've heard about the curve and that curve relates yes. to how many <laughs> think, mm-hmm. flatten the curve, <laughs> flatten exactly. the curve in yeah. the news constantly. Exactly. And, and what that speaks to is really the daily confirmed cases and that has been flattened and it's even starting to, starting to decrease, which is great. So going back to your question, really the, the primary concern in, in my mind is the unknown. You know, we don't really know exactly how this will play out. Uh, we need to get our, obviously, uh, we need to get our economy back up running and running, but until a vaccine has been developed, uh, the virus will likely be a continued concern. 
Um, now, you mentioned something a, a second ago. The mortality mm -hmm. rate of COVID-19 is obviously significantly higher for those over age 65. Mm -hmm. Now, some insurers are charging higher rates or even eliminating coverage completely for this demographic. Um, mm -hmm. What's EMC National Life doing? Uncertain times like these, we really we have to balance continuing the flow of new business while maintaining a, a sensible approach to, you know, that the really unique challenges that we face. So we've done a number of things to help mitigate risk while, while training to maintain that flow of new applications. Uh, one is that we're asking uh, COVID-19 screening questions on all of our applications to help prevent anti-selection. And what I mean okay. by anti-selection obviously is just if someone is diagnosed or even has symptoms of that uh, virus, then they may select uh, or find the need to obtain insurance. So we're going to ask those mm -hmm. questions up front. And due to the really extreme simplicity of our easy choice product line, uh, we've also decided to limit the issue ages of, of these products to age 65. And we are also limiting the face amount to 50,000 up to age 50 and 25,000 to age 65. We're also requesting a statement of good health on all applications um, or on all applicants who, ages, who are age 65 and older and those that have been table rating. And that's really to ensure that there hasn't been any health changes since the time that we took the initial application. And we're also adding additional underwriting guidelines, again, to those who are older and those who may be table rated. Again, those guidelines are impacting only those that are, are maybe uh, greatly impacted by the virus itself. A little bit higher How, risk there too. The, the higher risk individuals, exactly, mm -hmm. Rob. However, on a positive note, we have good remote underwriting options within our accelerated portfolio and our tele-underwriting processes that uh, would be good for the agents in this type of uh, unique environment that we're in. Just to recap that answer quickly, as an, as an agent, if I'm listening to this broadcast, what I'm taking away is um, there are some new screening questions regarding mm -hmm. COVID-19. Doesn't necessarily mean that everybody's out. It's just if you're exhibiting symptoms, we're going to put a hold on that at this point in time. Um, restricted some of the simplified issue ages and coverage mm -hmm. amounts, but mm -hmm. an applicant of a senior age can still obtain coverage. They just have to go through a more rigorous underwriting screening. Is that correct? Correct. And it, I wouldn't even call it rigorous. It's just pretty much some screening questions. Now, if, standard, if, standard stand screening. It's not simplified correct. anymore. Correct. Absolutely. Okay, good, mm -hmm. good. And that's just mainly kind of around, I feel like it's just more kind of due diligence with everyone. I mean, it's a topic of conversation. And I like the point that you made there, Mark, about how people are reaching out more. Uh, about life insurance because they're seeing it in the news or seeing reasons that maybe, oh, maybe I need to get some coverage set up. And I think we're just making right. sure that, you know, we're staying safe and the agent's staying safe and everyone's taking care of theirs and make sure we can pay those. Absolutely correct, yeah. Mm -hmm. So do you kind of, I guess, with all this going on, um, you know, I've heard back and forth all the time of, you know, this is a short-term problem, this is a long-term problem. So kind of, do you foresee this changing kind of how we do, um, I guess, COVID-19, do you see it changing how we're doing underwriting long-term? 
You know, if you isolate COVID-19 and how the virus primarily impacts the elderly and those with comorbidities, as we discussed, once that virus is suppressed, once it's eradicated, once it's no longer part of our vocabulary, and I wish that will happen sooner rather than later, once that is has played out and uh, the economy is back and running, I, I do not see a need to continue the COVID-19 mitigation efforts that we have in place. Well, so we could probably just move on with standard <laughs> underwriting <laughs> approach. Now, just a question that uh, popped up in my head. How long sure. have you been in the insurance industry, Mark? Oh, uh, over 25 years. So have you ever experienced anything in the underwriting world, a shakeup to the underwriting world like this? Oh, no, nothing like this. You know, we, we've we talked about, if you remember back in 2007, the, the this avian flu scare, mm-hmm. uh, we kind of prepared, we developed contingencies for that. And, you know, the anticipated mortality for that particular virus was going to be much worse than what we're experiencing now. But I just don't think you are ever prepared prepared for just the uh, unique circumstances that something like this brings to the table. Um, no, it's, I've never seen it in, in my years of uh, being in the insurance, insurance industry. And I, I hope, frankly, we don't see it again uh, <laughs> after this clears off for quite some time. That would be good, definitely. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> you know, one thing I, I think, I guess I've, um, I use the word enjoyed, but one thing I've been very happy about was some of the steps I feel like as an industry and even as a company uh, that we were taking towards um, things like remote signature um, and things like that to kind of help when this finally did hit that we were still able to do business, even with all this going on. Right. With the uh, accelerated underwriting, especially, you know, we're very fortunate that had this virus appeared, you know, three or four years ago, we would not have had the options we have today. Um, and maybe I could go a little bit more into accelerated underwriting because... Please do, please do. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, that we, we were already in a very transformative time in the life insurance industry just prior to the time that this virus had occurred. Uh, as I mentioned, three or four years ago, I, I just don't think we'd be even in the position we are today. With the advent of accelerated underwriting, you, you know, we can mimic or emulate the customer experience that a simplified issue product has, but offer a product at traditional underwriting cost uh, using all the uh, underwriting classifications, standard through super preferred, and, you know, this is accomplished through smart data. Uh, it's through very sophisticated modeling techniques that allow us to a- accurately assess risk, uh, where in the past it may have taken 30 to 40 days uh, in waiting for a, a paramedical examiner uh, and medical records, etc. Now we can issue a, a product within 48 hours. So a client who is now uh, quarantined and does not want a paramedical examiner to come to their house, and you know for obvious reasons that I can understand that, they now have an option through accelerated underwriting, and we also have those options available 
uh, where the applicant can uh, be, the application can be taken out entirely remotely. So th these are all new, new tools that we didn't have in our quiver, so to speak, uh, just a few years ago. So our timing was fortunate on that. Yes. Yeah, you could, you could say that. <laughs> you know, and I, it's funny because I feel like a lot of things that we've been spending the last, you know, two years talking about, I felt like when all this all hit, suddenly it's like, okay, well, now we're doing it. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Flip the switch. Right. Yeah. Whether ready or not, here it comes. <laughs> <laughs> but that's one thing I think I liked about it is because we had sent the time and we had the DocuSign, everything set up. I felt like we were ready to be like, okay, let's do this a lot easier than, say, some other companies. Um, I was talking to an agent the other day who worked with a, a company maybe is, I'd say, a little bit more behind the curve on some of these things and was just asking kind of how they're doing through this process. And um, to say that they're um, they're struggling would probably be an understatement on kind of how mm. they're figuring out how to do all this. So, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's kind of what I was thinking too. I mean, you look around and obviously I think it's safe to say no insurer out there has ever experienced anything like this. We're all in uncharted water waters together. Mm -hmm. Right. And you're seeing drastic variances in responses by insurance companies. Some mm -hmm. are shutting down entire lines, some are charging more money, some are doing nothing. You know, I mm -hmm. I think it's fortunate that uh we have Mark on today because it, it lends to what we're doing and it seems yeah. reasonable mm -hmm. and it seems accommodating. Um, mm -hmm. So I'm very appreciative of that. I guess one last question I might have, Mark, is if I'm an independent agent today wanting to write life insurance, what suggestions would you have for me? Well, I'd contact your life sales representative. Well, uh, that's a good one. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, uh, and, and really talk through the business that they have today. Uh, like I mentioned, you know, we have the tools for writing business. And the life sales representatives are more than able and more than willing to help you. And they're, they're very familiar with uh, the uh, mitigation uh, points that we have in place and also the opportunities that we have to sell business. So that's where I would start. Perfect. So don't be afraid of it. Business is still being conducted. Um, there mm -hmm. are opportunities available and opportunities available that don't even require wet signatures or meeting with the client. So mm -hmm. I, I like it. All good and, stuff. All good and stuff. don't be afraid to reach out to underwriting as well. You know, of course, if, you, if anybody has any questions, we'd be more than happy to, to speak through specific uh, conditions or, or issues that a client may have. Yeah, good point. Very good point. Mm -hmm. All, All right. right. Well, well Nope. Go, Go for it, Chad. Go ahead, <laughs> <laughs> well, I was just going to say, I, I really appreciate your time today, Mark. Um, it's a pleasure to have you on the podcast. Thank you for you know the information. Um, hopefully, independent agents listening today or any agent listening today can take advantage of that and uh, keep writing life insurance. So thanks a lot, Mark. I appreciate it. Yeah, thanks, Mark. Absolutely. Thank you very much.